When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Interesting stat. Has to do with the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, and Taylor Swift. When Taylor Swift is in is at the game. Yeah. When she's at the game, Travis Kelsey's averaging a hundred yards a game. Don't make me pull up the comedy bit we used this morning. You know how many yards he averages when she's not there? A hundred yards. Close. Owen was giving me 43. 45. What? Close. 45 yards a game when uh, when Taylor Swift is not there. Hey, I'm going to tell you this, right? I, I don't want to be this guy, but he's looking a, he's looking like an old man out there. I, I don't know, 145, it doesn't matter because the guy is walking to the sideline. He needs to just retire and go be with Taylor Swift. <laughs> well, Cowboy was asked, and I can't remember which Cowboy it was, but was asked about the situation. And he's like, you know, it's not so much about the numbers. It's just, you know, when you got that bad girl. Mm-hmm. And she comes and watches you play. You, you, you're already doing your thing. You're Travis Kelsey. But when the girl's in attendance, mm-hmm. you're going to go a little bit further with oh, your game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. And she's just got, like, handshakes down with teammates, other the other wives or girlfriends and stuff. Yeah, Brittany. They it's seem a, to be pals. They and, are buddies. And, and Jackson looming over her shoulder. That yeah. was the only bad part about ah, that whole thing. Man. Sunday Creepy. was him in the background. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, boy, keep him far away from her, man. That guy. Don't uh, don't make me pull out the comedy bit from this morning. What what what's the, it from? The the NFL Taylor Swift network. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> where where everything is tied to Taylor Swift. Oh, dude. I'm not familiar. I love that. Listen, I swear I I think I've said this before, but if you would go back 10 years and you would have told me, "Hey, the Chiefs are going to have two of the best players in the whole league." And one of them is going to be Dayton Taylor Swift, who's also going to be like the hugest pop star in the world, and everybody's going to be talking about it. I'd have been like, no way, not a, not in a million years would that happen to my Chiefs. 
This is the NFL Taylor Swift Network. Well, the 49ers lost last night. Surprising since they have the luck of Taylor Swift on their side. How so? Taylor was born on December 13th, 1989. And who won the Super Bowl the next month? Don't tell me. You got it, the San Francisco 49ers. Like the Niners, the Philadelphia Eagles are doing amazing this season. And we believe that's because Taylor Swift was born in West Reading, Pennsylvania. About an hour's drive Uh, from the Eagles Stadium. (laughs) Uh, Uh, It's kind of a swing and a miss. Yeah. Wait, how far is West Reading from um, Doylestown? Or or West Downington, wherever. You're talking about Downingtown, Pennsylvania. Dude, I wonder how far West Reading is from Downingtown. West Reading, PA. I mean, it'll it'll make it easy at Christmas time. Traveling between the parents' houses. <laughs> 35 miles. See? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're just, all of a sudden, Will's going to start bouncing back, you know? And they're going to start shots up there. Next, right next to Mitch, we're going to have Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift's going to be up there. Dayton. Will. All we got to get them around the same area. He's a hunky guy. Well, we can find a pop star. Well, he has a girlfriend, by the way. Ooh. Already has a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's Swift. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna be hey, baby. <laughs> Hit the bricks. Welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner, alongside Troy Coverdale, David G. Owen Burke joining us in studio because he's gonna start doing some board work for us and joining us on the show. Very nice when he's available. So he's training today with uh, Troy there on the the other side of the glass. Um, I, I also I want to play something else as well here in just a moment. I want to I want to tell you first why. Uh, first, let's just start talking about recruiting. Bunch of recruits were in town this past weekend, including guys that uh, the Cats were looking to flip. Colin Barda, who is a three-star safety from Seaman High School in Topeka, was originally committed to Nebraska, flipped. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, we learned about another guy by the name of Boone Morris. I feel like he's got an oil field in his backyard he just doesn't know about yet. He's from Mount Vernon, Texas. Three-star kid. He's an edge rusher. He was committed to UTSA. I watched his highlight film earlier. The kid's good. He flips. He's now coming to K-State. This week on the basketball side, Patrick Ngongba, again, I, you know, I'm taking a stab at that last name. I'm not quite sure if that's right or not, but, you know, Class of 2024, he's a four-star big guy, 6'10", 235 out of Warrington, Virginia. The whole coaching staff was there earlier this week. Everybody was there to go watch him in person. He is visiting this week. And then, by the way, guys, last Saturday, the Cats beat TCU, absolutely punished him. 41-3 the final. Dykes should have waved the white flag before that last drive because he wasn't getting in there. He wasn't getting in there. So we got to celebrate. We got to play it. Let's do it's it. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on. For Kansas State, the feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you want to be with Kansas State. Come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack. Kansas State, excitement's in the air. Kansas State, the fun is being there. Having a good time there. Purple and white we share, showing our colors everywhere. 
Now for the recruiting stuff, we'll talk more about that tomorrow when Derek Young from Case in Online joins us live. Um, but I don't know about you guys, but I had a great time at the game Saturday. Did you did you end up going? I did end up attending. We it was weird. The girls weren't they didn't look like they were into it at all. Got to the stadium. They were awesome. Got to watch. I think Sunny Dykes did wave the white flag the minute they got off the bus. That is the saddest team I have ever seen in my life. Those guys are terrible. No, he he wasn't waving the white flag because he wanted more yellow flags. <laughs> he spent the entire game complaining he, to he the really? officials. I, I, oh, yeah. he was yeah. all over that poor side judge. Really? Man, throw a flag on him. What's he? I mean, come on. He's just one, you know. He seemed he? to take it a little bit more easy when they when it was the second half and there was a female Side judge, and then she was over on the TCU side. Uh, they're like, switch, switch, you switch with me. He kept his tone a little bit more under control, maybe. But I was I was with Troy. I was definitely noticing it the first half. As a matter of fact, my spotters were even pointing out. I was like, Sonny will not leave that ref alone. He's complaining about something the whole game. It, but that's kind of who he is, right? Yes. I mean, he, he gets real bent out of shape. Real quick. How, would, how would you like to have been the officials having to deal with Harbaugh on one sideline and Dykes on the other Ugh. in the college football playoff semis? Yeah, boy. Not good. Oof. They, uh, what a fall from grace, though. This, this, that team, not everybody, but a lot of those guys played the national championship last year and they went out, they came to Manhattan. I, they should be ashamed. That was shameful. Well, let's be real. I mean, did TCU play a whole, I can't, Especially not in the national championship no. game, didn't play a whole lot of defense. They did no. not uh, they in did that did natty uh, against. You know, I don't remember exactly how the whole Michigan game went down. I was you know a little busy on Bourbon Street trying to have a good time and catching the game here and there. Humble brag. I believe there was actually some <sighs> defense, but it was a high scoring game. Yeah, don't remind me. Um, but I'd love to get your guys' thoughts. I did a lot of that yesterday about the win Saturday with Wyatt on Wildcat Insider. But we, we saw the two-quarterback system go alternating possessions. I bet Troy never saw that one coming. I honestly did not. I did not expect that they were going to be alternating the entire game. I figured at some point you pick one of the two and go with the hot hand and find a flow. Didn't need it because we found a flow with both. That's what it's like. It, it's a little bit weird because it went so well. You're yeah. kind of expecting that to some something like that to happen, but both of them played so well. And on top of that, the offensive line, fantastic. Those two running backs, we are very fortunate to have two hot hand guys in the backfield as well. Those guys are amazing. And who knew we had a star wide receiver on this team all along. He was just a little buried in the uh, on the depth chart. I found it interesting, Coach's comment in regards to that he can open things up and add some speed. What have we been asking for all year <laughs> in terms of the wide receiver core? Someone yeah. with some speed. Definitely still, as far as wide receivers, still got to get some separation. They're, we're still struggling with that. But, I mean, it's hard to pick apart the cats as far as last week goes because everything just worked whatever they rolled out there they it just worked you can't you can't look through the box score and find a whole lot of stats it just wasn't in k-state's favor a lot of things like you know you go what was it 10 of 13 on third down and tcu was 2 of 13 on third down the longest pass play k-state's defense gave up was a 16 yard play that's the first time this season k-state 
hasn't allowed a big play um, in the second. They gave a couple of long runs, and a Coach did talk about that earlier in the press conference, but okay, it's two big runs. They still just scored three points. And I knew that was going to be a huge factor going into the game because TCU really likes to screw things up when they get into the red zone or get to within scoring distance. Mm-hmm. For some reason, they just don't execute as much as they should. I mean, they went into that game leading the Big 12 in failures in red zone appearances. Jeez. They had the most trips to the red zone without getting points. And when they have to settle for long field goals, they're missing half of them. I'm like, if Casey can just kind of buckle down and make some stops after giving up a first down or two, because that's that's another thing about TCU where they can be good is they usually start a drive pretty well. Mm-hmm. They'll go get a first down or two, but then when they get into plus territory, they kind of I don't I don't know if it's they're just doing something to themselves or opposing defenses are just slowing them down and maybe they don't keep the tempo is up anymore because when they got that tempo going, they went. Fast. I thought they were faster than UCF. Yeah, they were. And it's kind of like, it's funny that when you're fast and it's working, it's unstoppable. When you're fast and nothing's working, those three play, it is three and out like that. And that's what happened to them. It got it got piled up on them so fast. And they, but when they turned around, they turned around, it was 21 nothing or 21 three. And they're like, what do we do here? I thought that kid was good too. Their quarterback, though, he's he's pretty good. Josh Hoover. Yeah, I think there are brighter days ahead for him. But right now, they got. I'll tell you what it is. There's a hex. They did something wrong. They knocked over a pile of rocks in the forest or something because there is a Blair Witch hex on that team. They look terrible. That was that was awful. They hired a Bryles. Uh-oh. I didn't mind seeing Ken Bryles <laughs> get his, you know what, stepped on, <laughs> stepped in. Yeah. Knocked in the dirt. Stumped. That was terrible. Man. Um, just, I didn't see that coming. I thought this would be a better game. I thought they would get on a roll after last week. They came in and then it was just on, baby, from the start. Well, you know, it's interesting. So TCU and Houston, I think, you know, Houston's going to have kind of the. You know, if you go off their last game, kind of the same thing coming into Manhattan like TCU did. They're hangover. coming off a huge passing performance, and there might be a little bit of a hangover there. Mm-hmm. Because Josh Hoover passed for over 400 yards. And by the way, Donovan Smith, in the way Houston came back and almost beat Texas, it was purely passing game. It's all it was. I mean, he, he passed for over 370 yards. His previous career height was over 350 against K-State last year when he was playing for Texas Tech. Really? Yeah. Wow. So he he set a new career high last week against a really good defense in the Texas Longhorns when they were not running the ball well. And you know, and Kleiman mentioned that earlier as well. Maybe it was just whatever Texas was doing. They stopped the run. They found something in the secondary and it was against zone deep or yeah, zone defense in the first half and I think they threw a lot of man at him in the second half and Houston was still moving it down the field, but they still lost the game. Maybe screwed over on a spot. I think they were screwed they over were, on a spot. Yeah, that, that third down that they should have had in the red zone mm. to go tight in the game the last couple of minutes. They don't get the favorable spot, and then they don't get the fourth down play. I think there's – yeah, absolutely. There's probably, there's more hangover there than what TCU had after just crushing BYU. Man. I think a lot of it – you say TCU stunk. Yeah. You know, maybe it just wasn't their day, but I, I keep actually – even though the storyline was you had two quarterbacks playing and playing well, 
the defense, and I agreed with Coach, stole the show. Yeah, they stole yeah. the show with better tackling, not giving up you know, limited big plays, not giving up like 40-yard or 60-yard passing plays for touchdowns or whatever. There was none of that. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I mean, K-State was – I mean, you're thin. You're even more thin. At linebacker, you don't have Austin Romaine. The secondary was playing fast. I thought, um, you know – Jacob Parrish had himself a great game. Great game. Plus, and it add more to it as well, You know, just the pressure that they could get on Josh Hoover. There was a very similar blitz, and I believe it was on the fourth down, the fourth down conversion they didn't get, and I think they actually missed two. But it was one of them that was in the red zone, and K-State threw a blitz at him. It was the exact same. I'm pretty sure it was the exact same design blitz that K-State ran against TCU last year in the Big 12 championship game that forced Max Duggan to throw that interception to Julius Brintz. I, I swear to you, it was the exact same kind of pressure, and it was coming right at his face. I mean, right at him. He had to get rid of it, and Jacob Parrish breaks up the pass. So yeah, That was awesome. And that, you know... The last couple weeks now have been beaten up on some quarterbacks, man. Have really been – whatever pressure they're dialing up and whatever schemes are running up front, they're winning those one-on-one battles. They're getting to the quarterback, and they mean business when they get there because they've had some people rattled, man, for sure. Well, speaking of the defense, him getting his first career start was Jake Clifton. He is kind of going into the year as a backup plan for all three linebacker positions. He played Mike Linebacker last Saturday against the TCU Horn Frogs. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. I like this guy's personality. It's the first time I ever heard him talk to the media in person. I really like his personality. He's coming up next as the K-State media spoke to Jake Clifton earlier today. You'll hear that coming up next. Might be the greatest instrumental of all time. Can I be honest? I had never heard this ever until the show. Really? I had never heard it. And then you're like, yeah, it's Rush. It's a staple in Rush concerts when they were still together. Man, I don't know, dude. Uh, do you like Rush? I do. Are you afraid to admit it in public? No. It's it's the most divisive band on on K-Rock, no matter what. Really? Every time, I, have this, every time I bring up the question... 
what band takes too much heat or what band is overrated or whatever. Rush, dude, I could do a whole show on how people love or hate Rush. You know, a band that we play a lot on K Rock that I think is crazy overrated, Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, I love their early stuff. I I know of a former part timer, by the way, for K Rock who had the personalized license plate 2112. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I love the may- like mayonnaise. You ever heard that song by Smashing Pumpkins? Rhinoceros. Oh, that's good stuff. I have to go back and listen to yeah, it. Yeah, that's really good stuff. But uh, you know, Billy Corgan. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, yeah. even though he's a big wrestling guy, just kind of rubs me the wrong way. I'm not sure about him. A little whiny, dude. Yeah. I heard. So he has some primo uh, Dennis Rodman stories because they used to like hang out with him and they hung out with him during the like '97 Bulls or whatever. And like they would go and go to practice, and Dennis Rodman would practice, get done, and then hit the uh, the treadmill for an hour, and then be like, "Okay, let's go party in Las Vegas for five <laughs> days." <laughs> so, like that's that's awesome. <laughs> that, he, they got some stories where like Phil Jackson used to kick him out of practice all the time. Like, what the hell are these guys doing here? Oh, I love that stuff. But it's Smashing Pumpkins for you, huh? It's not a really a big fan. And I saw that they're going on tour. Um, I think they're going on tour with Green Day. Um, I think it's Green Day. I go see that. The welcome, to, welcome to Middle Age tour. Well, the mi- the miss you not are the mis- spicy today, <laughs> buddy. Yeah, you're <laughs> on it, <laughs> throwing them. <laughs> what? What? No, you. Congratulations, <laughs> by the way. That's wow. Well, he can speak from middle age. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was going to say. I mean, come on. I know these bands well because I wouldn't even mean it like that. You're just you're you're something else today. But I think it's I think it's Green Day, Smashing Pumpkins, and Rancid. Ah. Rancid did the Ruby that, Soho song. Yeah, that one yeah. song. Yeah, they did. Rancid really did one song and really took off and carried that one song for thirty-five years. Amazing. Speaking of Smash Mouth, <laughs> <laughs> you know people hating on them too hard, but they made a lot of money in their life. Was selling their whole soundtrack to Shrek. Hey, well, I, first of all, any, anything, any slander towards. Smash Mouth is a little too soon. It is. All right. I, the guy just you, died. You notice I hesitated. You notice I hesitated. <laughs> I didn't notice anything. Doing, man? Talking bad about the dead. Um, let's get to uh, K-State linebacker who's a sophomore in Jake Clifton, 6'2", 222 from Owasso, Oklahoma. You know, he became more noticeable towards the second in the second half of last year's season as a true freshman played in 11 games. He played in the final nine games of last year and saw some pretty significant time. I'll never forget the two straight plays he made in the Big 12 championship game that ended up leading to a punt. Well, now more on his play. It's way more on his play because he took on something that necessarily isn't easy. He has learned and is ready to play at any moment all three linebacker positions. I got to take my hat off to Jake Clifton. Jake Clifton was ready to take on any and all challenges, and he's proved to handle it all. He has stepped in and already played in all three positions. Last Saturday, starting at middle linebacker. He finished the TCU game with three tackles, including a couple of solos. Going back to the UCF game, he had a couple of quarterback hurries, and he has 12 tackles on the year. It's not mind-blowing statistics, but he is also the future of K-State football. So let's hear from... 
Uh, K-State linebacker Jake Clifton, who spoke to the media. Oh, my God, did I really do this? I forgot to put the audio in the list. Hey, you guys want to stall for a couple of minutes, and I will be right back. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I swear, Wait. that guy. Owen, we, we want to meet uh, – Owen, mm-hmm. tell us about yourself. Who's your favorite NFL team? Uh, my favorite NFL – I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan. Ooh. A proud Ravens fan, Hey, yes. that was a big win on Sunday. I was ecstatic, I'll yeah. tell you what. The Lions are good. They are, yeah. That's that's the thing that's frustrated me this week because they're like, oh, it's just the Lions. They were 5-1, and one, <laughs> all right? Right. Ben, ben yeah. Johnson's one of the best offensive coordinators in the league, yeah. and our defense came to play. I was ex- I was extremely excited Very on Sunday. Very nice. Yeah. Took care of business on a day in, where you had one of the former defensive players in the house for Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah, recognition. That's so, right. Yeah, it was a I mean, big day. Just yeah. made it perfect for them. The Lions walked right into that one. Boy. Yeah, this is defense playing right now. Uh, I was telling um, somebody else recently, and we're just having fun. You know, we're celebrating with each other. Des Pernell's running down the sideline, maybe a little too long, but uh, now we're having fun with each other, and that's what makes the mob defense. You know, relationships and everybody doing it together. How influential is Daniel Green? Even though he he he's out, but I get the impression he's still making an impact on the defense. Yeah, man, he's a coach. He's a coach, honestly, at heart now. I don't know if he wants that title, but he's a coach, really, to me and all the other guys, and it's been nothing but help for everybody. How long does it take to learn three linebacker positions? Um, apparently two years now. Um, but, uh, yeah, it takes a while. But people like Devin, like you said, Daniel Green, uh, Des Purnell's Austin Morris, I can just pick out their ear for all each of them. Is there a position you feel the most comfortable with? Maybe Will. I played it a lot last year, but at the end of the day. They're all pretty similar-ish, you know. You're in the box. You're hitting linemen. You mentioned you guys are having fun right now, but can you describe just how much fun it is to be out there for this defense over the last six quarters? Um, yeah, six quarters. I need well, to play eight. Yeah, <laughs> that last one. Uh, it's been fun. Um, actually being able to celebrate, like I said. Like, at the beginning of the year, I knew we were flying around making plays and stuff, but I feel like it was a lot of, like, solo uh, guys um, celebrating and stuff, not actually coming together and actually enjoying the moments uh, that we have as a defense. So um, it's been been better for the last six quarters. When you got that targeting penalty, was that a situation where maybe you should have done something different, or was it just a tough spot to make that tackle or ma- to where it wasn't a, a targeting? Yeah, I've, I've talked a lot with my family about it, and at the end of the day, my thought process was I thought he was going to spend the other way, so I really didn't um, intentionally mean to do anything. So I was going to go take out his legs when he went the other way, but he turned into me. So I don't know. You could you could replay that thing a hundred times and talk about it. So. Glad it happened with like a minute left in the I half. I know. That's what everybody was telling me about cursing a blessing. The atmosphere and homecoming, how big time is that for you guys this weekend? It's definitely something we've talked about and how the whole entire community is going to be at this game or one of, some people are just going to be here for the first time through the year, you know, just putting on a good game for everybody. But, you know, obviously when it comes down to it, we just got to play our game and stuff. The obvious question, you guys come off such a big win against TCU. Any concern of a letdown? No, no, no. We're not concerned about any letdown. Um, we're concerned about ourselves. Oklahoma State game, kind of started to listen to the outside noise like Coach talked about in this weekend. And from here on out, I think we've started investing more in the inside noise. You guys had some pretty good success blitzing against TCU. Why do you think that was? Different packages we had in. We were doing different things. We weren't doing um, some of the same things we've been doing in the past weeks. So just giving them different looks. Not the thing, anything they've seen on film yet. Ultimately, at heart, we knew we were going to put pressure on the quarterback at the entire game, so everyone had their mind on getting to the quarterback. 
Uh, have you looked at Houston much and yep. anything you're expecting in particular from their offense? Yep, so they have a pretty big uh, quarterback. He was a Texas Tech transfer last year. He has some pretty good success at, in the bill, and he knows how it's like to play here. So he knows the atmosphere, and he, he's not going to be a sliding guy. He's 6'5", 240. You know, he's going to be uh, running through arm tackles and whatnot. So stopping the QB run game, and then they have some pr- pretty good skill guys as they do every year. And um, so just defensively and coverage-wise, you know, locking them down for no explosives because that'll be a game-changer for sure. All right, we're back live. Sorry about that, guys. Owen's a uh, Lions fan, no, huh? A Ravens. A Ravens. Yeah. Ravens. A big game this weekend. Not as cool. Not as cool. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Ah, Come well, on. I mean, the Ravens have been good here and there the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, we've had our years. A uh, lot of excuses to go around in Baltimore, but I try not to try not to be one of those fans. Okay, so are you, are you from out there, or is it just a team you adopted at some point? Yeah, I definitely more so adopted. I do have family that lives out there. I've never been out there, but I just I bounced around a couple couple times. I was a Chiefs fan back in the day in the the Trent Green days, and when Tony Gonzalez left for Atlanta, I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I, was, I was a kid at the time. I was like, I'm not. I my favorite player left. I'm out of here. And my first Madden I ever played was uh, 2005. Ray Lewis is on the. Yeah. Cover. Yeah. Got in two years for the Super Bowl, and I've been a Ravens fan ever since. So, by the way, Owen, big AEW guy. Yes. Oh, I am. Yeah. I was gonna. I meant to throw one of my wrestling shirts on, but I totally left it at the house when I left this morning for Get, work. Go so. back, put it on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So who's your per, who's your guy or gal on AEWs? Um, I think my personal favorite. I'm a big uh, Penta El Zero Miro fan. That's been my. That's- my, Lucha Brothers. Yeah, yeah my Lucha Brothers fi- flavor of choice, obviously. They're very good. Yeah. Um, Brian Danielson is also fantastic. I love the Blackpool Combat Club. I'm all about technical wrestling inside the ropes. I do love a guy that can talk. MJF is insanity. Love a guy that can get me going on the microphone. Troy hates every part of this, yeah, by the way. This I'll, is over his head. One more question for the test. Uh, who's your favorite college football team? Uh, K-State is the correct answer. You're going to do great around here, kid. Right? You're yeah. going to do just fine here, kid. Yeah, like I'm fitting in pretty well so far. You know? You're going to do just fine, buddy. You, yeah, we got the right guy here. Hey, by the way, linebackers holding their own, aren't they, without Daniel Green? Man, and we talked about it. You knew that Daniel Green, if there was any way that he could help this team, that he was going to do it, and they've asked him to step up that big leadership role. The next step in your leadership is like a coach, and he is coaching him on the sideline. And you know that in practice and film on the sideline, he's right there giving all his knowledge, and the guys are responding because they respect him because he was a baller. He is a baller. Um, I love it. I think it's amazing, and I think he should seriously consider that path in life. Be a coach, man. Pass on the knowledge. I'll be quite honest with you. I don't know exactly where they would be without Desmond Purnell this year. Without Daniel Green, Desmond Purnell has been I, – I mentioned this earlier but or yesterday. The kid's a stud. I, he's playing lights out football right now, forcing turnovers. He's in the right places at the right times. And also, by the way, your will linebacker, Austin Moore, has been one of the best players in the country in making plays behind the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. So. He, Purnell was a problem. Against for TCU, he was all over the place, making making hits, taking hits, getting up and going. I don't even care, just flying around the football like that. Guy, that dude is it's no fun to play against Purnell. I'll tell you that right now. They they do not like him. Yeah, he was flying around. I think if there was a guy that stood out to me on Saturday, he was. I think that's the whole the whole defense was just 
playing like maniacs. Mm-hmm. I mean, wherever the football was, they were there in a heartbeat. And the defense was, I agree with you, Mitch, they, they stuck out on Saturday. Well, I think, you know, with TCU deciding to just dink and dunk it around, does that allow, the, I don't know a whole lot about the way secondary strategizes, but I felt like there was a little bit more tighter coverage that was allowed for like Jacob Parrish. Um, I was I was watching him certainly more than Will Lee, and no offense to Will Lee, just Jacob Parrish was standing out to me a lot more. Um but uh, I got to say, all around, I mean, when you hold a team to three points, Whew. that's incredible. But I got to say, I was worried about Daniel Green not being on the team or not being able to play for the rest of the year and what that meant for K-State's depth at linebacker position. I got kind of worried there because I knew a true freshman would have to step up and do it. I was like, we'll see how this goes. If you're worried about Carver Willis stepping in and playing right tackle <laughs> – Let's see what Austin Romain can do. Yeah. And he's been just fine. And we got an update on him. It sounds like he might be able to go this Saturday. He did not play this past weekend for T- or against TCU. We got to take our next break. When we come back, it's Tuesday. It's time to crown a new Jabroni of the Week when we come back. Know your role and shut your mouth, you Jabroni. You Jabronis hit the jackpot. That Hollywood born Jabroni, Hulk Hogan. Ow. Is this Jabroni's name? Jabroni of the Week. All right, guys, it's time to crown a new Jabroni of the Week. How it works, three dishonorable mentions, and then I'll give you my official Jabroni of the Week. Guys, get ready for a lot of Big Ten. Oh, oh not a great week, especially in one particular state. Um, but first, I'm going to start with uh, Michigan State fan experience. <laughs> what a story this was. Um, so, first of all, Saturday, I mean, just Michigan State as a team um, just got their you know butts handed to them you know, by a team that's stealing some signs. 49-0 the final in East Lansing. But the only thing people are actually talking about the actual game, like at East Lansing, is during pregame, the Spartans had like this trivia question thing going on on the scoreboard. And then a question pops up, what country was Adolf Hitler born in? I'll give you some time. Think yeah. about it. You guys, yeah. you guys know yeah. the answer? I, I know the answer. It's Austria. Um, so but, they show yeah. the answer Austria, and then not just the answer Austria, a big old picture of Hitler yeah. shows up on the scoreboard. One of the odd things about this, turns out it's a video channel that someone does on YouTube where they do like 40 question quizzes. And someone was just filling time on the video board by running this without permission of the person who does the video channel. Yeah, so uh, that, that was the next part of it. So at first it was like Michigan State was like, hey, it was a third party. You know, we looked into it, third party, whatever. We're so sorry about that. Um, and then it turns out like I think their AD came out today and said, well, actually, this was just somebody in our fan experience staff and uh, they've been suspended. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. They need to just sit out the next couple plays, man. Like Michigan State football, take a knee. Just take a knee, man. It's it's not going well. Best line I heard of the weekend regarding that was that the zero on the scoreboard wasn't the worst thing to show up on the scoreboard. Yeah, that's uh, hard to argue. That's a spicy meatball. My next dishonorable mention will be Texas Senator Ted Cruz. Jeez. Um. So a permanent member. Just a just a dishonorable mention. Come on. (laughs) Well, you know, it wasn't him actually playing the game, but here's the situation yesterday. Astros, Rangers, it was game seven, right? Game seven Mm -hmm. of the ALCS. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was Astros fans begging Ted Cruz, do not 
come to the game. <laughs> the reason is because every time he went to a game for the Astros this playoff season, they lost. 0-4 mm. when Ted Cruz was in attendance. He's like, and he even went on Twitter about, he's like, I'm not a curse. What about the times I showed up the last six or seven years and we won championships? No. Dude just lost Harris County. <laughs> and he showed up and they... Astros lost 11-4, uh, so I got to give it to you. You know how superstitious baseball fans are? Stay away, man. When they ask you to stay away, stay away. When dude. you not being there is the biggest superstition, you don't show you up. don't show you up. Ha- you have to take one for the team. Golly. Just realize your role as the cooler and stay home, dude. Ah, Ted doesn't know when, when to stay there or go or should I go on vacation to Mexico? It, should it, I go to the game? It would have been it? one perfect time for one of his patented trips to the border. Yeah, I mean, you know, got anywhere else. My last is honorable mention. We're going back to the Big Ten guys. I got to go with the refs in the Minnesota Iowa game. I disagreed oh. with this one. I, I don't know what how you guys feel about it. I know somebody on NBC popped on and said, "Well, you know, this is the rule, and when you put your hand in the air so high, it's technically a fair catch." No, he was not trying to call fair catch. He's trying to tell the guy, "The guys get out of get out of the way. Don't touch it, Peter. Whatever." Uh, so the game, by the way, which everybody hit the under. It actually yeah. Thank you. scored less than last year's game, which was 13 to 10. The final score was 12 to 10. Ugh. The thing is, you know, it's in the last few moments of the game, and Iowa's down two. They get a punt return for a touchdown, but Cooper DeJean, or whatever his name is, DeJean, or I think it's DeJean, it's cooler that way. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was an invalid fair catch signal. He returned it without a whistle, by the way. No whistles, returns it for a touchdown. Kinnick is going bonkers mm-hmm. for this play and then they talk about well he did kind of put his hand up there i think i hated that I, it, it's it's a it's a cheap call for sure um what's getting lost is that was one heck of a return did you that was an incredible return. he was just skating on the sideline then he crosses all the whole field it was a great return but he i mean i did see him kind of like above the waist i guess but that's that's not a fair catch. Like that's a no. fair catch. Yeah, that isn't a fair catch, man. That's weird. When you see the field level video of it too, it's oh, it's even worse. Dude, and you're just. Did you see? Also, there's somebody, an Iowa fan, obviously, put a supercut of every punt return that day, Uh-oh. and people doing the same. Yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. They're and like, the oh, they missed four of them actually. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy, Whew. crazy. But here we go. Yeah, who's it's time to crown uh, the official jabroni of the week? This one's obvious, I think, this week. Michigan staffer Connor Stallions. Yes. Uh, is his last name suspended staffer. Straight out of Boogie Nights. Because he's right in the middle. <laughs> he's right in the middle of the, uh, the Michigan football sign-stealing scandal that was reported uh, earlier. I think it was earlier last week before mm-hmm. the games. Uh, that for three years Michigan has been stealing signs, and the way he they've been doing that is old Connor would purchase tickets to rival games or teams are expected to play or who they could play in the college football playoff would purchase tickets so they could see both sidelines, and that person could go into the stadium and just film the guys that were making the signals on their cell phones mm-hmm. the entire game, and apparently that's been going on. 
for three years, and apparently it's 30 games in 11 different Big Ten schools. Oof. Wow. 30 games. Explains kind of why Michigan right now is like the top defense in America. (laughs) They're the best scoring defense. Ryan Lackey at K-State, he was saying something about it, and I kind of caught what he was saying. But So K-State apparently is like second best at red zone defense and not allowing teams to score touchdowns. Yeah. Who's number one by a wide margin? Me. Michigan. Michigan, 11%. Eleven wow. percent, and yeah. the the like all the videos of him like right next to the D coordinator are it is the nail in the coffin, man. It is bad, bad, bad. Look, and Jim Harbaugh's like, huh? Or John Harbaugh's like, oh, I don't know what are you talking about, man. What are you about? Come on. Last thing I'll, I'll I'll mention about O'Connor here. This was found on his LinkedIn bio. He described himself as being adept at identifying the opponent's most likely course of action and most dangerous course of action, identifying and exploiting critical vulnerabilities and centers of gravity in the opponent's scouting process. (laughs) Well, hey, man, you know, the area you need to... To come up on is the center of gravity of the other team. What is the, you're not good at that? The center of gravity. I don't. And, and yet he didn't get the signals that this was coming. <laughs> he didn't see it coming. That's not bad. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let's take a break. We'll wrap up the hour again. Connor Stallions in Michigan is my jabroni of the week. We'll wrap up the hour with a little uh, meet the Wildcats with wide receiver Keegan Johnson next. Meet the Wildcats with wide receiver Keegan Johnson. Do you have a favorite athlete growing up? Yeah, my favorite athlete growing up and still to this day is LeBron James. Um, his, the pressure that was put on him out of high school to, to live up to the hype and the way he's exceeded the hype is just something that obviously you don't play the same sport as him, but I think uh, is something that can be applied to a lot of areas of life and um, also just the way he handles himself off the, off, the, off the court. You know, he's at one of the highest positions and he's, you know, he stayed out of controversy. He's set a good example. He's brought all the guys that grew up with him throughout high school with him onto his team. So, yeah. When you're a little kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I always wanted to be a professional football player. I can't think of many other things that I, I wanted to be. I just, I, I love being outside and I love, I knew I was going to play some type of sport and as as, as a child, I, I wanted to play football. So, yeah. Do you have a music guilty pleasure? Guilty pleasure. I don't really know how, how guilty pleasures work. If, it, if you were asking me what type of music I like, I, I'm a big fan of slow music. I actually listen to slow music before games um guys like frank ocean and brent faez drake i don't everyone knows drake but um some other people in there you know you might not have heard of but like guys like Giveon and i just kind of like slower music and that's probably my guilty pleasure you have a big pet peeve people that are afraid to try something new and i'm saying that because that used to be me Anything you're afraid of? I got to go with bugs. Not a big fan of bugs, especially indoors. Maybe outdoors I can kind of look at them and observe them, but never in the house. Favorite TV show of all time? All time. Um, Phineas and Ferb. Any foreign country you want? You really want to visit? I want to visit Italy. I want to visit Italy. Well, I kind of want to visit Europe. Uh, I really like the architecture there, and I think it would be a neat place to visit. All right, if you were to cook, what would really impress me? I don't know if this is really impressive, but I think I make a, a really good turkey burger, which isn't that hard, but I think I, I season it right. Um, there's maybe some sweet potatoes and some broccoli on the side. And All right, and that last one there, who is winning the Super Bowl? Can I pick two? Sure. Okay, I was born in Milwaukee, so I'm a Packers fan. My brother's in Seattle right now, so I'm also a Seahawks fan. So if the Packers or the Seahawks win this year, I'll be happy. 
Keegan Johnson, thank you so much, and uh, best of luck today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. I got to say, uh, Keegan, I think uh, Green Bay and Seattle are a bit of a stretch <laughs> uh, to be winning a Super Bowl maybe anytime soon. Hey, hour to the game featuring Chris Kleiman highlights from his press conference earlier today. Plus, how is uh, Will Howard handling this whole QB situation? It's all coming up next in Social Local News.